Welcome to Engineering Success. I'm your host, Jamie Hutton, and in each episode, we'll bring you an influential and inspiring guest from the world of engineering and construction. Sharing fascinating insights into their career journeys, we'll explore the challenges they face, how they keep motivated, and what the future holds for them. Speaking candidly about the engineering and construction industries, we'll find out what's made these successful people successful. We'll also have special featured guests who share their stories of success, talking about the attributes and mindset you need to succeed. This is Engineering Success. Welcome to episode number 12 with our very special guest, Dr. Sarah Piers, the founder director of Piers and Piers. Sarah's route into engineering is a little unusual. Her background is mathematics, having several degrees, but she has a PhD in mechanical engineering from the University College London. Sarah calls herself sort of engineer, mathematician, systems engineer. Her first jobs were in programming and analysis and then as a lecturer at University College London, where she worked on the development of reliability and AI-based maintenance planning of offshore structures. She is currently Deputy President of INWES, the International Network of Women Engineers and Scientists, and she has been involved in activities to increase the number of women in STEM since 1992. She is also a senior advisor and a fellow of the Institute of Innovation and Knowledge Exchange, driving innovation skills in scientific and tech corporations, including defense and global companies, and director at the STEM Foundation, supporting vocational STEM education and leading the STEM Assured Accreditation Scheme. Her expertise is in the skills strategy and policy development for innovation, STEM education, and the engineering and tech sectors. Most of her work is with leadership teams, supporting them to develop better ways of doing things. She is also involved in international projects as a designated EU expert in gender and STEM. Her other projects include condition monitoring data interpretation and curriculum development for new engineering programmes. So hi Sarah and welcome to the show. Hello, Jamie. Um, can we start with how did you first start your career in the engineering industry? Yes. Okay. Well, well, I, I did it in a slightly different way to most engineers in the sense that my background is mathematics. Uh, my first two degrees are maths. Um, I then started a job as a programmer analyst. Right. And then I found a, a post, a vacancy in an engineering department, which required a lot of programming. Right. And it looked very interesting. It also required some maths. So, um, and that was a role around the offshore industry, oil and gas, yeah. structures, uh, the maintenance of structures. Um, so, so, yes, and that, that then followed on into a longer term role at the university, right. uh, which involved teaching maths to engineers. Right. Okay. Yes. So, what's been your biggest inspiration? Um, oh, I guess I guess there's been uh, lots of points of inspiration. 
For me, the main driver is the problems that are out there in the yeah. world. Yeah. Um, but some people are inspiring as well. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I have come across um, leaders who are uh, humble, but very influential, very powerful yeah, in yeah. what they say. And there have been little points like that where um, a certain women who have talked about um, the interest of um, engineering to wider solutions. Yeah. But I'm driven by solving problems. Right, okay. Um, yeah. More recently, I'm driven by people problems as well. Okay, yes. So... Um we know that a lot of leaders have uh, habits, uh, some quite mm -hmm. unusual habits. Is there any habits that you have uh, that you'd like to share that are unusual? Uh, one that I've learnt quite late on is to take time away from work, take time right. away yes. from thinking about the big problems. Um, so, so I now have some unusual hobbies right. that have got nothing to do with engineering. Okay. Um, and, and I make sure that every week I'm taking part in those. Yes. Um, but in terms of work, I guess the, the best daily habit is around rethinking your to-do list and right. trying to keep it small and short. Uh, it's very easy. I find it very easy anyhow to overwhelm myself with all the number of things I've got to do. Yes. So first things is which are the most important and stick to those. Right. So does that, uh, is that like a weekly to-do list or do you do it daily? Um. Daily when I remember. Yes, yes, yeah. <laughs> it's a revisit. What was all those things? All those things I didn't manage to do yesterday yeah. or the day before or the week before. Yes, yes. Do I need to do them? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, what attributes do you think are required to succeed in the engineering industry? Oh, wow. Well, I'm saying, oh, wow, because the engineering industry is so wide and yes. broad. Yeah. And I don't think there's any one attribute um, because I think there are so many different types of roles and so many different types of engineering yeah. that virtually anybody will find a role in, an, in the engineering industry generally. Yes, yes. Um, so so I, guess, I guess the only um, attribute that I would say is quite important is the interest in solving problems. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. In any engineering field. Absolutely, yes. absolutely. And if you're interested in solving a particular problem that is uh, of machinery, of people, of systems, of processes, then you will find an engineering company, an engineering-related sector that tackles that particular problem that is part of it as a central role or on the sidelines of it. Yeah, you'll always find a position. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what challenges do you face uh, on a daily or, or even weekly basis? On a daily basis, I mean, I think now in, in the sort of work that I do now, it's the, the biggest challenge is uh, influencing people right. to rethink how they do things. Yes. Um, I think that's, that's uh, a challenge that most people... I wouldn't call myself a leader, by the way. <laughs> I'd call myself a meta-leader right. in that a lot of my day work is around speaking to leaders, yep. uh, advising organisations, and trying to help them shape how they do things, the direction that they want to follow. Yes. Um, so I'm supporting leaders, mm -hmm. if you like. Yeah. Um, and, of course, the big challenge there is um, they often know they want to change, 
but they can't quite see the solution <laughs> that, of course, I've clearly laid out for them. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> so, that's right. Yes. Yeah. 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 So that's, that's the challenge, making that solution obvious to them. Yeah. And making it theirs. Yes, yeah, yeah. So what would your number one uh, piece of advice be for somebody looking to start a career uh, in engineering? Right, well, in the UK, I do think, and this might be related to, I think there's some other questions that you want to ask me <laughs> later on that are related to that. Right. But I think in the UK and, and in most of the, of the West, we are, uh, well, actually maybe even globally, but when we think about engineers and the start of engineering, um, most organisations, most educational organisations, most engineering companies um, start from the position that you must have studied maths and sciences. Yes. Uh, by the way, I would question that <laughs> yeah. as, as the only thing you must have done. Yeah. Um, but certainly if you know that you're interested in engineering, then your path is made so much more um, easier, much smoother Yes, yeah. if you study maths and sciences in, um, at, at school yeah. and at college. Um, but I do question that, by the way, <laughs> because I think, I think, you know, mainly the problem is, you know, um, identifying problems and what are the technologies out there. And sometimes you don't necessarily need to have a lot of maths and a lot of uh, science behind you. You need to have an awareness of how technologies yeah, yeah. might be applied. Yeah, yeah, which, which so. can then be put into engineering. Yes. Yeah, yes, yeah. Because yeah. yeah. like, like me, I was never... I, I, I enjoyed maths, but I never really knew it as in as engineering... Well, exactly. And, and I, I do come across a lot of people saying, well, you know, you have to be really clever to do maths. I don't think I'm that particularly clever. <laughs> I was interested in maths. That, yes. that's, how yeah, I, yeah. that's how I became a mathematician. Um, I was also um, guided to it by a very nice teacher. She said, oh, Sarah, you can do maths, can't right. you? Which I hadn't thought about um, until then. Yes. Uh, and, and that goes to show how random some of these things are that pushes you into career. Yes. And I feel very strongly that in our educational system, we should stop being so random. Yeah. We yeah. should start opening up doors to all sorts of people and not be saying, you have to be good at maths, you have to be good at science yeah. to do engineering in particular. But that goes to, that also goes for other um, yeah, yeah. areas of, yeah. of work as well, yeah. as well. Because I think so. with an emphasis on maths, it, it can put some people off going into engineering because Absolutely. they're not... Uh, particularly good at maths and think well yeah. therefore engineering isn't for me but it's so much more isn't it than absolutely than just that um, maths is a tool and yeah. like all tools <laughs> you're only good at using that tool when you practice it and particularly where you can see its relevance yeah you know nobody is very good at using a screwdriver until they've had to <laughs> screw it and right. screw various different things and they go okay now i know how yes. to do this yeah 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 um but uh, it's so so yes it's um when, when people say you have to be good at maths no i'd say you have to be interested in the problems and then the maths will come because you'll go oh now i know why i need to understand yes. how these numbers work or what a model looks like on paper. Yeah, yeah. You know, so, so, so why do you feel there's been a skills shortage in engineering? Um, well, I think our understanding of engineering is a little bit constraining right. because we start off with this, you must be good at maths and yeah, science. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, there's also, um, in the UK in particular, there's no such thing as engineering at school no. as, as a subject. Yeah. Uh, the way we have sliced subjects up, you know, who, who's to say, you know, wh where's the border between chemistry and physics, yeah, biology yeah. and physics, yeah. biology and chemistry? There's lots of blurry lines. And engineering, I think, should be another part of the core curriculum, if you like, for, for um, schools. Yeah. And that might help. But 
that's a very simplistic um, idea as well. Um, And uh, and there are other countries where engineering is part of the core curriculum and it doesn't always solve all the problems about skill shortages. No, no. Um, So, yes, I think think there's something around rethinking what we understand by engineers. I I think engineers themselves also... uh, have a very narrow view. You know, you, you tend to think of engineering as your particular subject area yeah. and how you got to become an engineer becomes the pathway yes, that yes. you advise to everybody else. Yeah. But that pathway just leads you to one area of engineering, not the rest. Yeah. So do you think so, um, like apprenticeships uh, and things like that are going to help? Uh, to some extent, yes. Right. To some extent, I actually, I, I mean, I, I, um, I very much approve of the apprenticeship route. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but it won't do it all. No. And and there is a downside to apprenticeships, and that is to do an apprenticeship, you've, of course, got to find a company. Yes. Um, and that means a company's got to identify you as a potential a recruit. Yeah. Uh, the point of education, however, is to open doors for everybody mm-hmm. before anybody starts looking at you and going, oh, you're going to be a good employee. Yeah. So there is that downside. But if you can become an apprentice, absolutely, I would highly recommend it to anybody. Yeah. Uh, there is another downside to apprenticeships, of course, and that's um, the, the gender issue in engineering in the UK in particular, yeah. where um, employers, particularly small employers, tend to have a view of what an engineer looks like. Yeah. And women don't quite fit into that view, <laughs> no. sadly. No, okay. no, that's right. So, so uh, all those biases that come into play yeah. uh, come into play very strongly where you, when you're an employer looking at recruits. Yeah. Um, so that is the slight downside to apprenticeships. Yeah. Because not everybody can can do degrees, can they? You know, not everyone's academically uh, you yeah. know, able to to, yeah. to do that route. Uh, absolutely, but more than that, I would say there are a lot of employers out there who would say. A degree doesn't necessarily prepare somebody for the type no. of engineer that I want yeah, yeah. in my uh, company, in yes. my sector. Yeah. And, and, and we have to respect that. Um, there, there are, you know, there's, there's uh, very specific things that happen in an engineering degree that won't necessarily happen as an apprentice, no, no. and there are other things that happen as an apprentice that you won't necessarily get as a, a, yeah. a student. Yeah, you right. won't have as much hands-on a particular problem, um, you know, lab work, technical work, um, you know, um, uh, workshop experience that is yeah. very specific to a sector yeah. in an engineering degree. Yeah. So do you think that engineering could promote itself much better than it does and has done? Yes, but I know, I mean, we, we have in the UK spent a lot of money on promoting engineering. Yeah. And, and you will be aware of some reports that say, actually, you know, maybe we haven't done it very well. Mm. So it's not about doing more and more promotion. Yeah. It is about being much cleverer about, about what engineering is. Yeah, in what way? Um, making sure that when we talk about engineering, we are talking about all the different aspects of engineering. Yeah. Um, making sure that we don't keep on talking about you have to be good at maths and science. Yeah. Um, and really thinking about the biases that we bring as employers to yeah. to yeah. Uh, the public. Yeah, but doesn't that go back to, to what you were saying that, you know, your specific route to engineering is what you believe the right route to engineering is. Absolutely. Well, and obviously not my route. Yeah, no, absolutely. And yeah. that, that's that's the problem that we have as as um, 
as experienced engineers. We're also often, we, you know, I, I remember school as it was in the 1980s. Yeah. Yes. Um, and there's other engineers I know who remember it as it was in the 1960s, 1970s. Yeah. School has changed a lot. So yes. when, we, when we're trying to promote to younger people and when we're trying to talk to parents and, and teachers, yeah. um, we often come from, uh, you know, uh, a, a history that doesn't exist anymore. Yes, yeah, that's right, yeah. So we have to yeah. be very careful about that. Yeah, but, but I think it's hard also, you know, when you specialise like, like myself, I'm civil and structural uh, engineering mm -hmm. background, it's very hard to know anything past that. I, you know, I'm not yeah. an expert in that, so because I'm a STEM ambassador as well. Yes, yes. Uh, you talk about what you know. Yes, you know, yes. And, and so it's getting that diverse amount of people from all the different sectors of engineering to actually go and engage. Yes. That's the hard bit, I think. But then remember what um, uh, what happens in a school environment, of course, which is they invite you to come and speak. Yeah. But they'll only invite two or three people a year to speak. So guess what? They only see two or three aspects of That's engineering. Right, yes. They might not see... But you know, they might have invited you, but they might not see about biotechnology. That's right. They will not see the the digital work that's yeah, been carried yeah. out. They won't see the engineering in. Oh well, look around us here in the studio. We've yeah. got a lot of engineering yeah. going on here, and I'd happen to know that there's big skills gaps in the in the um, uh, sound engineering yeah. uh, sector. Yeah. So you know that that's that's something that's quite difficult to get across. By one person yes, going to is, school. Yeah. Yes, yeah. 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 But we do what we can. <laughs> yes, we just do our best. Yeah. So what are the biggest changes that you've seen in uh, engineering since since you started? Oh, I guess, I mean, I, I you know, obviously, uh, you know, being a woman, I was, I started to become very conscious of the gender issue, the yeah. diversity issue, uh, probably in my, 90, in my 30s. So in the 1990s, early 1990s, I started to realise that I was, you know, I was still the single one <laughs> yes. in the department, yeah, that type yeah. of thing. Um, and in fact, if you talked about it then, um, a lot of employers and my colleagues would say, but what's the issue? It's simply because women aren't naturally interested in engineering. Yeah. The biggest change for me has been this cultural shift in the past five, ten years, maybe even 15 years, where suddenly employers and colleagues are going, oh, we can see, we can see what the issue is now. Yeah, and, yeah. and they are now really trying hard to um, uh, to solve some of the issues. Because actually, if you if you solve the issue for women, you're actually solving the issue for 50% of the population. Yeah. Um, but you're also solving, you're beginning to solve the issues uh, for other sectors of the population. So yeah. neurodiversity, disabilities of various different types, uh, the LGBTQ uh, community as well. Yeah. Um, and that leads to a change for everybody, including men, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, so um, I'm very interested in innovation, in technical innovation, and I feel very, very strongly that unless you've got um, the uh, ability and, and the inclusivity in your organisations to include everybody in yeah. your communities, you will, you will not achieve best innovation. Yeah. And in fact, there's some of the information and data that's coming out there now is is confirming some of that. So it's going from a belief to to a hypothesis to to possibly yeah, an actual yeah, theory. Yeah. So, so do you think we're getting there with, <clears throat> excuse me, the the diversity issue? Um, very slowly. Yeah. We are getting there. The big companies are beginning to get uh, the data to to understand some of their issues. Things like the gender um, uh, pay gap reporting is yeah. has been a very powerful tool to understand some of the issues 
um, because it's led people to go, oh, <laughs> yes, <laughs> hadn't yeah. spotted that before, yeah. hadn't spotted that we were doing this before. Um, uh, yeah, so yes, it, it's, we're getting there. It is very slow, and sometimes it's three steps forward, two steps back. Yeah, yeah. yes. So how do you think it'll change in the next five to ten years then? Um, I think we're going to start focusing on SMEs. Right. Um, there is, there feels as though there's a move to re, rethink education. Yeah. I'm seeing a lot out there, some uh, around rethinking how we measure the quality of education. Yeah. And that might have an impact on engineering right. because it might start to open up more around creativity. And of course, creativity is hugely important to engineers. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, so yes, yeah, so we might we might see a shift around education, but also at the other end in employment, uh, the, the supply chain and uh, SMEs is the small, medium sized enterprise yeah. enterprises. So yes, we should see something there. So do you think um, within that period that engineering uh, will be viewed in a different way than it is say today? That's yes, I think. Um, I mean, it's certainly the most recent uh, work that I've been seeing in terms of what's out there in the media, for example, yeah. is that engineering is beginning to be seen as a slightly more glamorous area. Yeah. You know, that, that, that engineering is, is suddenly uh, flavor of the month with, yes. with parents and, and schools. So yeah. that's great. That's yeah. great. That's a, the problem is that they see it as very glamorous, but they're not terribly sure what it is. <laughs> so that's <laughs> yeah. a start. Sometimes yeah. it's about that spark of, Ooh, I'm, I want to know more. Yeah. And, and that, that helps people get to it. Um, uh, so yeah, if, if we, we might then see that shift around uh, broader changes. I yeah, guess. yeah. So how do you keep yourself motivated? Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, when I see in my day job, when I see a change in attitude, a little spark of an organisation thinking, oh. That's the way we need to go. Yeah. That really, that fill, fills me with lots of confidence that, that I'm doing something right, or yeah. at least I'm with colleagues or with a team who are doing something right. So, yeah. so I, I, that keeps me very much motivated. Um, and whenever I despair and then come across an organization, I'm going, all they've got to do is a tiny tweak and it's going to make a big difference yeah. to them. Then that also <laughs> keeps me motivated. I'm yes. going to get in there and try and help them to change. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, you've talked about uh, gender diversity within engineering. Do you do anything to support that? Oh yes, um, I'm. Uh, I have been very much involved in the gender diversity issue in various different organisations um, in the past twenty five years or so. Uh, probably starting from the usual. Let's do lots of events to encourage girls into engineering. That's yeah. what I used to do back yeah. in the the nineties, um, but. Recently, I've been very involved in the international front. So I'm currently with an organization called, um, as, as a volunteer, yeah. purely volunteer yeah. uh, role, uh, with the International Network of Women Engineers and Scientists. Right. So Inwes, inwes.org, if anybody was interested in them. Yeah. Um, and, and that's a great organization in the sense that it's a network of networks. So, um, and we, we get to meet uh, across the world uh, every year, every three years, there's an international conference the next one is at warwick university right. uh in 2020 and um and 
I'm really enjoying discovering uh, women across the world in terms of, you know, what they think the issues are, yeah, yeah. Or all the different cultures, etc. Yes. But yeah. yeah, and it's um, and, and what we're the message that we're trying to get back to is how can we make the world a better place through having women participating fully in engineering and science generally. Yeah. So this is about all areas of science and all areas of engineering. So um, at any level, we know it's um, important to develop ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you develop yourself? Oh, <laughs> excellent. Well, I, I believe very strongly that you continue learning. Yeah. If you're a professional, yeah. you must make sure that you continue learning. So I do, I mean, right now I'm, I'm focusing on business skills right. uh, because I was sort of realising I don't have ter- <laughs> very good business skills. So, <laughs> so, um, uh, so yeah, so, so I try to do... Um, take up workshops and experiences, um, formal and informal, uh, around uh, understanding how to, how corporations tick, why they tick, uh, yeah. finances, reporting. Um, but yeah, that, that's what I'm doing at the moment. Right. I do have a sideline where I'm really trying hard to understand big data analysis, uh, right. the, the technology behind it. Yes. So, so, and that's, that's, that's almost a hobby at the moment, <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. So, um, what attributes do you think uh, an individual needs uh, to be mm. successful uh, in business, engineering, any business? Oh, in any business is um, make sure you keep on listening. Yeah. Um, you know, bigger ears than mouth. <laughs> so, mind you, it's, that's, that's easier said than done. Yeah. Um, I think we, we're all... Um, we're all guilty of sometimes not listening hard enough. So listening, really understanding what the problem is, thinking about your final user, your final customer. And that customer isn't necessarily the the, the person paying for a product. No. You know, your customer sometimes is your manager. Yes. (laughs) But, um, uh, yeah, and really thinking about uh, what you're trying to do. In the end, what is it you're trying to do in your job? Yeah. Because I think uh, in engineering, the customer is uh, everybody in the world, isn't it? Yes. You know? Yes, uh, you know, because yeah. engineering changes the world, so it's so you, you're looking at everybody, aren't yeah, you? Yeah. including yourself. Yes, yeah. yeah. Well, in fact, I, I think that goes back to one of the questions you asked me earlier around what else is going to change in engineering, and I think the the idea of ethics, the idea of you know why do engineering companies do what they do? Yeah. Why are engineers so so engineers are being asked to think very carefully about their role in ethics, their conduct, their you know the 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 their role in a, a job. Yes. You know how does that affect the wider world? Yeah. And that goes back to things like sustainability, environmental yeah. Yeah. aspects, all of these things, all the climate change problems that we've got. Yeah. Um, most of them will not be solved unless engineers are heavily involved, mm. both as providing solutions, but also if you're part of the problem, trying to work out how to stop being the problem. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. In, in that respect, do you think that engineering companies and construction companies will become mm-hmm. closer linked together? Yeah, well, they have to, to really come up with good solutions. Yeah. 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 I mean, when you think about, if, if you start talking about environmental climate change issues, um, you know, this idea of the sort of circular economy where you, you know, something that you produce, yeah. <laughs> something that you make, a problem that you cause because of how you make things, how you produce things, how you build things. You need to close the loop in terms of actually also providing the solution yes. to dealing yeah. with that yeah. problem. Yeah. So, yeah, and, and that involves a whole chain of organisations yeah. and yeah. a whole chain of technological solutions and people solutions too. Yeah. 
So have you had any mentors to help you along your journey? Oh, I have been really, it, it took me a long time to understand how important it is to have mentors. Mm. So I've had people who have been most encouraging. And I, in my younger years, I very carefully avoided asking them for help. Right. Um, I'm getting a little bit better at that, <laughs> but only a little bit better. Yeah. <laughs> so, so that's something else that I'm working on, you know, right. being, being able to ask help from yeah. people who I think will actually be able to guide me uh, and help me find uh, a better way of doing things. Yeah. yeah. So if you had the opportunity, would you change anything that you've done so far? Oh, well, your last question. I would start earlier with asking for help in terms of, <laughs> you know, please, you know, yes, <laughs> yeah. what is it I'm doing that doesn't quite work? What can I do next? Um, yeah. So, yes, I would do that more. Yeah. Uh, and finally, what does the future hold for you? Ooh, ooh. <laughs> well, probably more study. Um, right. Probably more study. Um, and in that, I... I mentioned, you know, big data. I'm still yes. struggling with that one on my own, you know, <laughs> so opening up textbooks and looking on YouTubes and all the rest of it, yeah, you know, there's yeah. that sort of, you know. So, so I'm thinking quite seriously of taking up some study around that because I do have a problem in mind. Right. Um, there is um, uh, also, I, I, I would love, at the moment, most of my day job is with people and with organisations. Yeah. Um, but I would like to start my own technological solution company right okay so, yeah, yeah that's my i guess my moonshot right yeah <laughs> and you do i know you do a lot of work with the stem foundation yes that's um, right yes so to continue with that and what's the aim of that that's interesting i mean a lot of the stem foundation work is working with colleges of further education yeah. uh, helping them to see that broader background to stem education yeah stem education and training um, now, the STEM Foundation is part of the um, Innovation and Knowledge Exchange Institute, and uh, and a lot of my day work separately is with the, on the innovation side, the, the technological innovation side. Right. So, and that that's the, the the element of work around working with companies and uh, organisations. Right, and that's yeah. getting it into schools and colleges. Well, the STEM Foundation does work with schools. Yeah. The innovation um, uh, part is more with. Uh, companies, but also with colleges and universities. Right. So, yeah. Okay. So. Uh, Sarah, that's it. Thank you very much for no, your time. Thank you. Thank you for the opportunity to speak to you and to your listeners. Thank you very much. Thank you. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Engineering Success with Dr. Sarah Pears. If you are interested in the work Sarah is involved in within WES, please go to their website at inwes.org. I had a great time with Sarah and we spoke at length after the show about all the STEM activities she's involved with. So please follow her journey on Twitter at GenderSTEM. Sarah is an extraordinary person challenging stereotypes within STEM fields and working hard to bring equality into these sectors, both in the UK and internationally. If you enjoyed the show, I'd love for you to share it with someone you feel would benefit from listening to it. You can share it on Instagram or Twitter, and please leave a comment or a rating if you can. Also, please subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. We've got more great guests coming soon. So, 
Until the next episode, have a great day and I hope you succeed in all you do.